has been an awakening. Have you felt it? This is Retake, a show about enjoying the cinematic arts that includes new films, old films, TV shows, and pretty much anything that catches our fancy. I'm TJ. I'll be your primary host on this cinematic podcast, and I'll be joined by guests sometimes, just one and sometimes more than one. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Tim Smith. How are you, Tim? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, this, this show has been a long time in the making, and it's not really the preparation to do the show as much as it is we've been trying to launch this crazy podcast network, and I think we're there. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I, I've been asking you to do this show for months. <laughs> I know you have, Tim. <laughs> we we actually asked you uh, back when we were uh, putting an end to Movie Bite. We asked you to be on our new show, and we all thought it would be much sooner than this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm sure Joe will be joining us on the show a lot, but he is not with us tonight. Um, he's not able to be with us, and and that's fine uh, because this show. Um, and I don't always have to be the host, although I imagine I'll be on it a lot. Uh, but, but basically any of us can, can pick a show and, you know, and we can, you know, pick, pick a, pick a thing we want to talk about that's cinematic and, and, you know, take over the show. That's, that's kind of what, what retake is about. So, uh, and, and so I, I want to just briefly say that we're going to try to keep this new show's episodes to about 45 minutes and we'll see how successful we are at doing that. And, uh, oh man, we're gonna, are we, are we taking out the trailer segment of the show? Yes. Yeah, that's going away. That was one of my favorite segments. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Most of the feedback I ever got on Movie Bite was we we wish you'd just get to talking about the movie. And oh, so okay. Well, <laughs> so that's kind of what we're going to try to do with Retake. I guess the listener is always right. Um, mm, but, we'll see uh, about that. But yeah. we're certainly going to skip all the beating around the bush for 25 to 30 minutes before we ever get to the movie. Oh, okay. So, so with that said, Tim, let's dive in and talk about the movie. I've been wanting to talk about this movie, and, and I, I knew like the ending movie bite when we did, it, the one bummer about it was that we weren't going to get to talk about Star Wars The Force Awakens on Movie Bite. Yeah. But I'm excited to talk about it now. Every nerd in the universe has already done a podcast about this, and I haven't, so we're <laughs> going to rectify that right yeah. now, Tim. Yeah. So Star Wars The Force Awakens. It had a budget of – I'm a creature of habit. This is what we did on the Movie Bite podcast, so I'm going to do this on at least episode one, and we'll see how it feels. It had a budget of $245 million. At opening weekend, it made more than that, $247.9 million. That is, that is a massive opening. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I read that four or five times on Box Office Mojo <laughs> just, to make sure that was right. Just to make sure. <laughs> I was like, this can't be right, but that's, that's what the number reads. Yeah. Um, the worldwide gross – is two billion Tim two billion sixty eight million two hundred twenty three thousand? That is amazing. You see, That's and just- and the 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 thing is, when I look at that number, I can just not. Well, I can't even imagine the no. amount of money they made on merchandising because you know that it's oh yeah, at least way way larger than that number. Yeah, yeah. So this this film, I think it made a little money for for them. Oh Disney. yeah, yeah, just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. I can't even, I, I, I can't fathom that number. I can't contemplate it. I can't think in those terms. Yeah, so, you know, I wonder why Disney was so interested in making more of these. I, I can't, I can't figure it out, Tim. It's yeah. just, I can't figure it out. 
So the critic consensus is also really good on this movie. There's a reason it made so much money, and, and I, I kind of hate to, to not be bucking the trend, but I love this movie too. So the, the critic <laughs> consensus is that it's packed with action and populated by both familiar faces and fresh blood. The Force Awakens successfully recalls the series' former glory while injecting it with renewed energy. Um, Tim, I have to tell you, this film was directed by J.J. Abrams, and uh, he is hit or miss for me. And and he's, I think that he works really well here. Uh, he he's got some constraints around him. He has to make a good Star Wars film, and there are a lot of people surrounding him. And there's Kathleen Kennedy keeping him in check. And I think that he works best like that. I think that's become apparent. So J.J. Abrams directed this film. He also had a hand in writing it, along with Lawrence Kasdan and Michael Arndt. The stars of this film, uh, I actually put the ones that I think are more on, – on IMDb, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill are listed first, but this film is not about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so I'm saying that this film stars Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Andy Serkis, and Domhnall Gleeson. And then, yeah. you know, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and sort of, kind of, at the very end, Mark Hamill. Ooh, all right. <laughs> so. spoilers already. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. That, I should have mentioned at the top of this show. This show doesn't care about spoilers. <laughs> it's it's almost been a year. I mean, we're yeah. like, yeah. you know, three months away from it being a year. So, I'm, yep. you know, yep. if you don't know what happened in this movie, I don't know where you've been. Yeah, so speaking about what happened in this movie – uh, IMDb says that gives this really short synopsis. The three decades after the defeat of the Galactic Empire, a new threat arises. The First Order attempts to rule the galaxy, and only one, only only a ragtag group of heroes can stop them, along with the help of the Resistance. That's that's got to be like their official PR summary. It, yeah, it must be, it, and yeah. it works pretty well to kind of say that here's here's a, a general overview of what this film is about. Yeah. So Tim. Did you like this film? <laughs> you know, I I would love to go against the trend and say that I hated <laughs> it. Um, but I I did love it. I uh you know, and I I I I grew up uh watching the prequels. Um of I was still very young when uh when the um you know, when the the prequels came out actually. Mm-hmm. Um I was probably I don't know. I would say about eight or nine when oh, episode one came out. Yeah. Um, but before then, I had watched all the original Star Wars movies. As you should. Uh, yeah. So I had watched A New Hope. I had watched, um, uh, you know, I, I had I had watched Empire Strikes Back, which is still probably my favorite Star Wars film still. You, you are a good man, Mr. Star <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I was I although I and I might make I might make some uh some enemies here. I I enjoyed parts of the prequels. No, no, I think that's okay to say. I I re- I I realized that they were not good films. Yes. <laughs> it, yes. It, you know, they were not they were not good films. And and I think they uh did uh an injustice to the original stories that that George Lucas came up with and, and Lawrence Kasdan too. Yes, um, absolutely. This movie is amazing in so many different ways. Um, they had, I think they, they took freedoms where they could take freedoms mm-hmm. and, uh, and they held back in other places where uh, it was important to, I don't know, give you that nostalgic feeling. Yes, and absolutely. In you know, so in in total, I I would say that I I loved loved 
this movie. Um, I I am bummed with Mark Hamill's limited uh, <laughs> participation in this movie, but I I love how uh, the fact that the original characters. Uh, lesser roles and, and I mean, not really in Harrison Ford's case because Harrison Ford is in a lot of this movie. Yeah. But, um, but him aside gives the opportunity to bring these new characters that to me are so, so wonderfully played and well written. Um, Daisy Ridley as Ray is amazing. She oh, yes. is, she is a star and I, I don't understand how she was not doing movies and just working at a bar before this. <laughs> no um, kidding. John Boyega uh, uh, also, I mean, one, one of my favorite scenes is that is, is one of those scenes in the, at the beginning where he's still wearing the stormtrooper hat, you know, the well helmet, the stormtrooper helmet. Mm-hmm. And there's so much emotion coming from him. And you feel like you can tell what this stormtrooper is thinking. And yet you can't see his face. Yes. And I thought that I mean that's 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 just wonderful acting there. And and Adam Driver, I was so skeptical about his involvement in this film. Oh, I mean me too. I, I've seen I've seen only him be an idiot really in, <laughs> in on on TV or film. And he was so great. He was so great and yes, he's not uh a developed villain as as maybe uh, we expected with with coming from you know you know the villain of of Darth Vader, but I think he will get there uh, throughout the course of this trilogy. So well, I, all, I, all I, in all, I, I loved it. Um, yeah, I think that's the the idea of the character is he's not a developed villain. Yeah. He he's very raw. He's very like he's trying to figure out who he is as a villain, and he's trying to emulate Vader, and he's doing it in all the wrong ways. Yeah. <laughs> like he can't figure out who he is, and he's a he throws temper tantrums, and it's it's amazing. Like you, because and especially you know that the filmmaker's instincts were to clone Vader and and make a. A, 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 another bad guy just like Darth Vader. Right. But they also knew that that's not the way you go about creating a memorable character. Like if we just clone Darth Vader, everybody's going to be comparing him to Darth Vader and saying, well, he's not as good as Darth Vader. You can never be. <laughs> like Darth Vader is the the, the uh, Sith Lord, right? Like he yeah. is – when you think of a Sith Lord, at least when I do, and I was born in, in 82, so I, I kind of grew up with the original series. So when I think of a Sith Lord, I think of Darth Vader. And just by – they don't even call him a Sith you – know, Kylo Ren is not a Sith Lord even. Yeah. He, you know, he's just completely different from Vader. He's not and, – and it's it's brilliant how he's trying to be like Vader and he's nothing like him. Like I just – I love that performance um, of, of him and the way that they, they went with that character. It's, it's, it's a stroke of brilliance. And, and really I, I agree. This, this whole film is amazing to me. I, I did not expect to like it. I, in fact, I expected to think it would be somewhat <laughs> like too. the original three. Tri- yeah. You know, the, the original trilogy would be great, and the you know the prequels they're t- terrible. And I thought this would be somewhere in between. And this yeah. film blew me away. Like it was. And how how do you do that with so much pressure? I thought my my primary reason for thinking this is like the pressure is just too much. They're not going to be able to do this. And and they did it. They and did the it, hype Tim. was huge. Oh yeah. And and that's that's what worried me the most was. You know the the months coming up, uh, the months uh, uh, coming up to this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're completely Star Wars saturated. You could not look anywhere without there being some type of Star Wars merchandising going on somewhere. I mean, I mean, I I even think L'Oreal had like a Star Wars makeup. Um, 
and and it it was just crazy. Like it, Star Wars was everywhere, and everybody was talking about it, and it made me so nervous because I thought, you know what, this movie is going to suck. There's way too much publicity around it. There's no way that this movie can live up to the hype that we've been creating for years. Right. Exactly. Um, th- there's just no way. And and then it did. It did. And then it did. And I, I was pleasantly surprised. It's it's one of the few times where I have felt like Hollywood has delivered. You know, um, yeah, absolutely, man. I, I I I love this movie. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal a secret to you, Tim. Okay, go uh, ahead. And I I am a huge like like The Empire Strikes Back is the epitome of of a good Star Wars film to me. Like and it is still number one in my book, and uh, in, in, has a special place in my heart. The Empire Strikes Back, um, and I know that that's controversial because a lot of people say no. The original, the first, the first Star Wars film is everything Star Wars should be, and I, I would say Empire Strikes Back represents Star Wars at its best, and I still say that. However, the secret that I'm going to reveal to you, Tim, is this is my second favorite Star Wars film, and I had n- I never expected that. Never, not in a million years could you have told me my second favorite Star Wars film would be. The Force Awakens, and I, I, I still know, I still don't like that name. I don't know what it is about being on a podcast with you, or you know, being on the mic with you, but I I agree one hundred percent. And <laughs> you know that you and I don't always agree no. uh, on our favorites of movies, uh, and I'm sure we'll have to do a show about those as well. Cough we'll cough X Men cough cough Star Trek, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but. I would definitely say that this is my second favorite. I mean, it's no, it's no contest uh, yeah. for me. There, there's just no contest. There's no other movie that I think um, does justice uh, to the characters, to what I feel Star Wars should be, mm-hmm. and and expands on a larger universe. And that that's something that I really, really love about this movie is that in 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 reality, it's a story that asks more questions. Then it actually answers. Oh, yes. I mean, there, there's so many loose ends that we have to, uh, you know, to tie up by the end of this trilogy that I think that's what makes this movie so exciting that it's the beginning of a new chapter. And, and that, you know, that, that, uh, that introduction to this, um, to this world 30 years after, uh, Return of the Jedi is just so exciting. Um, and I, I would never have thought that, uh, you know, Harrison Ford being out of the picture, um, and Luke and Leia being not really the, the major characters that I would be so excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, like I said, I expected it to be somewhere in the middle, somewhere between the originals and the prequels. Um, and, and and right now, as it stands right now, I'm super excited. And of course, the trailers for uh, Rogue One coming out have just got me all the more pumped. I mean, it's not part of this trilogy, but it's like, man, they're they're really doing something amazing here. Yeah. It's, it's like they've captured lightning in a bottle again. How did they do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, they did it by getting rid of George Lucas. That's how they did it. <laughs> Isn't it sad? Like George Lucas was his own worst enemy when it comes I know. to Star Wars. Yeah. Well, if, if I can make the comparison to another star franchise, Gene Roddenberry was the same way, I, I feel. Uh, I feel like sometimes these guys have these great visions, but they're not, they're not the best people to execute them. Right, and I right. know as a creator of things, uh, not, not movie things, but of things, I, I, I think sometimes I can, I can almost see that in myself too. Like I created this thing, but – I, I it's too close to me and other people can see more clearly. I get sometimes I get recommendations from 
from, you know, people who are close to me on the things that I create. No, you should do this with it or that. And they're usually right. And I'm like, no, this is my baby, you know, <laughs> and, and I feel like the same thing has kind of happened with, with George Lucas. And, and I'm really glad to see that, that George Lucas was able to let it go. Like, I think ultimately he sold the franchise to Disney because he knew he was never going to be able to please the fans. Um, right. I, I think somewhere in there, that's that's part of the, the reasoning. And people disagree with me. Some people say Lucas hates his fans, and I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I just think that he's mm. not. He, he had to come to grips with the fact that he was never going to please the fans. Like he made what he wanted to make, and that's yeah. fine. And I don't want to ever diss somebody for making what they want to make. Like he he obviously wanted to make the prequels and he wanted to tell that story and he got it out of his system. So more power to him, but I, I don't have to like it. Yeah. You know, and I, I do respect that about George Lucas that I think um he he definitely did the story that he wanted to tell. Um he he tried to tell a love story that that to me I, I think fell flat very, very badly. Um you think? Uh, but I, I also think that, you know, there, there are things that George Lucas doesn't really get credit for, um, in those movies. And, and it's, and it's the fact that he, he did push the technology of digital in, in filmmaking. And I, I think that that's, you know, I think that's credit that he deserves. Hmm. I, my mom always told me if I didn't have anything nice to say, I, I shouldn't <laughs> say. So we'll we'll skip over the digital conversation. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I um, you know, I I love all things with Star in front of them. Apparently, Star Trek, Stargate, um, and and I I just I love Star Wars, and I'm really happy to see that it's being treated right. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to talk about Tim the the first line in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what the first line in this film is? This will begin. Uh, to make things better or something like that. To right? make things right. To make things right. There we go. Th- that is that, that has so many meanings. Yeah. And that, that is such a loaded line. Like that is such a tongue in cheek. But, it, you know, if, I didn't even catch it. The first time I watched the film, I didn't even catch that. that yeah, me neither. You know, but I went and when I watched it again, I'm like, holy crap, they just said that. Yeah. <laughs> they just said that. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like watching it again tonight before the podcast, I was like, yeah, that is such a great what like like that is that is the sort of that's the reason I'm not a good writer is I can't come up with stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing. It really is. Um and, yeah, and I like love that, that line. Yeah. Absolutely. And and what's interesting I think about the opening of this film is um Right before that line, this whole sequence kind of embodies everything that I think that that all of J.J. Abrams' worst tendencies. Okay. Um, he and and it's like he had to get it out of his system, and then the film went on to be a great film. Because <laughs> I I was sitting there in the theater with this opening scene before this line, and I'm sitting here watching this, going, "Oh man, look at the lens flares, the lights are flickering, like the the camera's shaking, like what is happening? This is not Star Wars." Yeah. And and he got it out of his system, and we don't see that sort of thing again for the rest of the film. So, so it, it's interesting how either JJ was able to restrain himself, or or he was you know, told the, to be restrained. He, he was told to be restrained, <laughs> and they threw him a bone with the beginning right. of this film. You know, because because it really does. Like like I said, I think JJ works at his best when he has these restraints, and somebody's able to say to him, "Hey, JJ, um, people can't see the film because of the lens flares. Stop it." Uh, where <laughs> where was there a lens flare before the first line of the movie? Uh, in that opening sequence, in the um, when they're flying down in the carrier thing, and the sh- camera's kind of shaking, and you you kind of the lights are flickering, and the lights kind there's there's like these lens flares as we're kind of seeing the stormtroopers. Um, that, that's not before the first line. 
Is it not before? That's yeah, it is. The first no, that's line. the very that's the very first thing that happens. I just watched it. You're going to argue with me? <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's, I'll it, have to watch it again. So, so the camera pans down off of the opening yeah, call. Yeah. Yep. And 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 immediately we see the stuff flying down, and then we go in and we see the stormtroopers. Oh, in that that's thing. right. Yep. That's yep, right. Yep. That that see? scene see? in the trailer. Do not mess with me, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny about that scene is that I I thought that there was that um that black in between cuts because yeah. of the mm-hmm. trailer you know to not reveal much but th- it turns out that that's actually how that scene was constructed which yeah, to me was weird but that 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 really is like the, the the it's almost like a it's almost like teasing you saying this is a typical JJ film get ready to <laughs> to to be seasick you know and right. then it didn't do that <laughs> it's like oh okay yeah it's like but it's like he had to get it in there you know he had to do it a little bit it's it's typical JJ. So yeah, but 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 the thing, like I said earlier, the thing is with JJ, he's not. I don't think he's a bad director. He just needs some restraints around him. And, and one of the mm. things with the Star Trek films is I don't think there was anybody around telling him yes, no, you can, you can't do this because the film was kind or the the franchise was kind of in pieces, and he was able to pick them up and make what he wanted. Um, and and here, obviously, that wasn't the case. You know, he had a lot of you know Kathleen Kennedy obviously is calling the shots. You yeah. know, so. So it was good. Um, I, I won't address your Star Trek comments because we don't agree there, but that's for a different yeah. show. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, so um, I completely agree with you, Tim, about Daisy Ridley and and uh, man, where how how did they find her and and yeah. why was she not acting before? I do not know. She is a movie star if I've ever seen one, and yeah. and I mean that in the best sense of the of the term. Like like she. She's amazing. She she was Ray. It's not like she was acting and playing Ray. She was Ray. Yeah. She really fulfilled that role. Yeah. And she she it was very obvious that she put her entire self into that role. Like it's just amazing watching her. I I, I was just astounded again tonight watching that film. How how she was able to bring that role to life and and how much she was able to bring. Um, so, so one of the things that I didn't like about Star Wars, the the first the well episode four, as they retroactively called it, um, one of the things I didn't like about that film was just how whiny Luke could be. Like he can be so whiny and annoying <laughs> as all get out. And Daisy Ridley was able to to bring something to Ray where she still had that kind of innocence. I don't know what the world is, but she was never whiny. Yeah. She she was always just so like like you want to root for her you want her to win and even when she's talking about I have to get back to Jakku and you don't know why and you're wondering why the heck would she want to do that and you're saying hey come on Ray figure it out you know you want to go fight this war in the stars but you still love her to pieces like she's she's just amazing yeah you know I I totally agree with you I was actually talking about that with my with my nephew just just a few days ago about how Luke is so whiny in that first film. Mm-hmm. And and I, I agree. You know, I think uh, they wrote Ray very well. Um, yes, I think to a certain degree, uh, she, uh, she, she hasn't seen anything of the world other than her own, you know, area, which mm-hmm. is evident when, you know, they go to this other planet and she's like, I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy, you know, in the whole yeah, universe. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they write her a- as an extremely strong, um, independent and, and uh, uh, I mean, she doesn't need anybody. 
to to do anything and and I thought that that was that was also really great you know one of the, one of the scenes that I love is um that scene where she's trying to fight these guys who are trying to take away BB8 mm-hmm. and uh John Boyega's character kind of runs over to see if he's going to help but she beats the crap out of these guys <laughs> before he can even you know come to help and the expression on his face is like holy moly I mean she she just knocked both of these people out yeah, and then later, you know, he, she he keeps grabbing her hand to help her, yeah. and then and like he's the one that needs help. I mean, yeah, it really exactly. is kind of turning that whole thing on its head, you know, from the yeah. typical movie thing. Yeah, I really love that, and we do find like later on when when he comes to save her, he and 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 her, um, uh, Han Solo come to save her at uh, Kill, Star Killer Base. Yeah. Like she's grateful for them to come get her, and that th- that was actually a, a a scenario where yes, she did need somebody to give her a lift, so. Uh, so she was able to accept help when she needed it, but but I, I did love how you know because so many movies, um, it, it's all about the damsel in distress, and it's yeah, like yeah. That, that's getting so old, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> women are not completely helpless all the time, yeah, <laughs> or ever for that matter. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I I, I really love Ray. Uh, she's fantastic, and John Williams' theme for Ray may be some of his, at least in my opinion, some of his best work. Like it's it's not what you would expect from Williams writing a theme for somebody because usually you got this bombastic stuff and it's not subtle, you know. And, and he's written some great themes. Don't get me wrong, but this it starts out so slow with that that, that kind of chiming. Uh, I don't even know the name of the instrument he's using there, but it's this it's this really slow and soft and melodic thing, and it builds up into this great symphonic or you know orchestra music. Yeah. Like it's it's really some of his, in my opinion, some of his best theming work, and and so and it and it works so well with the character. I I listen to like I have that track in a um, in a playlist of of various uh, favorite tracks from soundtrack, basically. Yeah, um, it, it's great stuff. I I agree and. It's interesting that you say that because I, I totally um I totally agree that that John Williams is not necessarily one for subtleties mm-hmm. uh in in his scores um especially uh when it comes to creating a theme for a particular thing or or person or character right and and yet um I I think that his theme for Ray really goes well with with the character's uh arc throughout the movie right mm-hmm. because yes. because it starts off really subtle you you see this this poor um this poor young woman who uh has been abandoned to her own devices she's had to uh do all sorts of things to just barely barely get by barely have enough to eat um and and then at the end you see uh this the the same young woman wielding a lightsaber um beating down Kylo Ren and and I feel like that that story arc goes so well with the way that the music kind of builds up to this you know grand orchestral moment um and, and I I love that yeah yeah and it really uh I'm trying to think I I forgot to take note this time whether we heard the force theme at all until that point I don't really think that we did uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong or if you remember differently, but but you know her her theme kind of morphs into the forces yeah. theme that that has been used throughout the Star Wars films as you know as uh, um, I want to say it's a little bit in the Force dream that she has. Yeah, it probably but is. But yeah, I I would say it's only in those two places. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and obviously the the film is called The Force Awakens. So this is kind of the awakening of the Force <laughs> yeah. in her. Um. And and I love that her theme kind of morphs into this thing as as Adam Driver's character. Um. Why is his name failing me all of a sudden? Uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, yes. As he says to her, I can teach you about the Force. And she's like, it's it's obvious because we – and we're piecing a lot of this together, right, about Rey. There's so many unknowns about Rey. But obviously she had some training that had like been blocked or she blocked it from her mind or something. And as soon as he says Force, she's like, oh. And 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 it's so – like they're in the middle of this lightsaber duel and she closes her eyes. And, yeah. and like it's so – it's such a bold move like cinematically and for her as a character. And and she's able to center herself, and all of a sudden she she understands the force, and and it really is a you know it's a it's a it's a journey for her character that works so well thematically and musically and just all this stuff works together. Can you tell that I love this film? Yeah. <laughs> I no, I would not be able to tell that at all. <laughs> so so obviously we've been talking a lot about Ray, and she's a fantastic character. You've mentioned John Boyega's character Finn and, yeah. and the journey that he's on. His journey is not quite so subtle, and it's a, it's much quicker. Like you know, because yeah. we can only we can't focus on him as much. The main character is Ray, but he is on a journey too, uh, and and uh, his journey is more. I don't like the this uh, this dark side stuff, so I gotta I gotta see how I can get out of that. And then he has to kind of find his place in the world, uh, as we've kind of alluded to. And and I, I love also that he's he's not white. He's not a white dude, and yeah. you know because all, most of Star Wars has been white dudes. Yeah, and and occasionally white you know women. Yeah, and and so this is this <laughs> is really yeah. <laughs> you know the damsel in distress was a right. white woman. Yeah, <laughs> although I, I you know Leia was a pretty good character. So yeah, I'm I'm mostly thinking of Padme in Episode Three. Oh my gosh, I wanted to like Padme so much, and yeah. I, I do at, at times. There's some good things that she does in episode two. Uh, I, I don't like her in episodes one or three, and that's mostly the writing, and it's just so unfortunate. But but we don't, you know. So we've we already talked about Ray with this great strong female lead, uh, and, and then you know John Boyega. He's obviously a person of color, and and that's great to see that in Star Wars. Uh, and and I think it's also a great evolution of. Of the stormtrooper idea, because obviously the original stormtroopers, as we retroactively learned, were, were clones or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and now the First Order, like this is 30 years after the destruction of the Galactic Empire, and the First Order is trying a new tactic. They're brainwashing young kids of all types and, and colors, and I, I think that works well within the story, and I think it adds some real life to the Star Wars universe. So yeah. I think it's great. And I, I wonder what the reason for that is going to be. You know, like what, what's the, what is, what role is that going to play in, in, in these future movies? I'm, I'm interested to find out. In, in what way do you mean that? I'm, I'm curious. Because, um, the, I think, you know, I think that <laughs> the, the stormtroopers not being given identities, uh, was kind of on purpose. Like you didn't need to care about who was under the yeah, helmet, yeah, right? Yeah. Whereas, whereas now you understand that there are different people under there. There are women stormtroopers now as well. Yes, yes. And and I wonder what role that's going to play in the story. I, I just, you know, I wonder. I don't. I don't know the answer. 
Yeah, I don't either. And, and I hope that it really is just uh, we're correcting this mistake that we've always made where these were faceless people that we didn't care if they got killed. They're just, you right. know, they're they're the red <laughs> right. shirts of the Star Wars universe. Ah, yeah. they fell down a thing. Ah, they got shot. Ah, they can't sh- shoot blasters except for the very first episode at the very first part. Oh, look at the accuracy of these stormtroopers' blaster points. I, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, but now, obviously, that's entirely different. We're correcting something that has, has been wrong in this universe by making these not faceless people this is these are people and when they die it means something yeah uh and they've just been especially this this version of the stormtroopers they've really just been brainwashed by the first order so um you know you you it, it gives it gives the story a little more stakes and and if that's all that it is if it never goes further than that i'm i'm really happy with that yeah yeah i um i i just wanted to say also you know i i loved uh, John Boyega's performance, like I said before, mm-hmm. I, I love the comedic relief that he introduced to a certain scenes um, yes. where, you know, things got a little tense. Um, and uh, I I would say th- there's only one scene where I'm like, oh, man, I, I hate this scene. And it's mm. when he's walking through the desert and I'm like, that looks so torturous you know <laughs> like why did they have to put him through that <laughs> yeah and i, I but, would say it, the know. scene kind of fell flat too like if he had, had really like he didn't look all that parched when he got into the city if they had really oh, like dried out looked, his skin and, he looked horrible man uh i don't know like when i think of desert like and you've been out in the desert for hours and without yeah. water like your lips would be like peeling and, and stuff like you, you've seen that <laughs> sort of thing. like I don't, well, I don't have no personal experience with it but you know s- studying how the body reacts to these sorts of things yeah. i think we can get a better idea like i feel like he was he was sweaty but you know and he, he drank that nasty <laughs> oh my gosh he drank that nasty water with that big nasty animal yeah <laughs> and i, I <laughs> that, love that, that grossed me out <laughs> i love that he he drinks some and then he's like oh this stuff is gross and then he's like oh well i'm thirsty <laughs> yeah so he keeps yeah, yeah. drinking it it's so funny we got to keep moving here. So Poe Dameron, uh, I really wanted more of him in this film and there wasn't time. I don't know what to do. I hope he's more. I hope there's more of him in the next film. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I really have to say about him too. I, I thought he was great. Um, I love the scene where he, where, where they come in with all the, uh, with all the X-Wings and, uh, he is just like, he, he is just amazing shooting everybody down. Um, but yeah, I want to see more. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's a great scene. Unfortunately, I think it it doesn't, you know, it works fine in the moment. But I wanted to see like because it's not a physical scene, like it's just him on a green screen, you know, for in real life. It's not. It's like uh, I I want to see something real from him next time, hopefully. Mm. And we got a little bit of that from him, but and and obviously he's a great character. I just I just want to see more from him. And I understand that time constraints and all that, but they're obviously building him into some kind of character that we're going to see a lot of. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, and I'm, I, I thought that Oscar Isaac did a really good job portraying that character. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with that. Um, let's see Her- we, we did not see any characters in this film that we were familiar with until 30, the 31 minute mark. I, I actually tapped on my, I was watching it on my iPhone. Wow. And I tap, I tapped it when Harrison Ford came on the screen with Chewie and it was 31 <laughs> minutes. Wow. Yeah, so that's that. That speaks a lot to how much story they had to tell, and 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 that the the main characters that we're used to from the original trilogy, they're here to to facilitate a new generation. Yeah, yeah, supplement. Yeah. yeah, yes. So so yeah, I, I was super happy with that. I I have thoughts on Harrison Ford, mm. and um, 
<sighs> so I, I'll say this first. I think his performance was was great. Honestly, yes. yeah. um, uh, he did a great job of of carrying parts of this movie. Um, I think he definitely did not phone it in, which no, I was scared about considering some of his yep. previous roles before this movie. Yes. It seemed like he was just collecting a paycheck, mm-hmm. uh, which, hey, man, more power to him. I guess yeah. he's put in he his, obviously he, he, It was he, obvious he, that he cares about this role. He's paid his dues, right? Yeah. Um, I I am still upset at him, though, because Uh-oh. I think fundamentally Harrison Ford is a jerk. And and the the you know it all comes back to the fact that I don't feel that he one hundred percent appreciates what this role has done for him his career, um, and I think that's that's evidenced by some of his some of his PR. I mean, I've watched I've watched the special features on this Blu-ray like twice. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and some of his some of his interviews, I'm like, you know. Why? Why did they sign you to do PR? They, you know, no. Everybody knows you don't want to do this. Um. So that being said, what I what I just want to say, what my thoughts are, is I just want to say thank you to Harrison Ford on behalf of all nerds everywhere and people who love Star Wars. Thank you for giving one last great performance as Han Solo. I would have wished. That they would have told you no, and they wouldn't have killed you off. But uh, considering that that's the choice that they made, I'm really, really happy with the performance that that he gave. Yeah, yeah. And I I actually – one of the problems, if you don't kill characters sometimes – and this is a really sticky wicket if I – you know, it can be a tricky proposition (laughs) – and but but it's if you don't kill characters and and not just supplemental characters main, right, characters, main characters there's there's no stakes right um and and that's one thing that we really haven't seen in Star Wars is you know obviously certain things had to be put in place at the end of episode three but we waited till the last minute to do that and you know obviously our 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 primary characters have never really died before other than you know what had to be put in place for uh, the the original trilogy after the prequels yeah so so this introduces I think stakes to the universe I was not expecting it um I, I thought that the movie was setting him up. In a different way, I, 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 my mind had already gone in different directions about where his character was going, and it just caught me by such surprise. And I, I think that made the scene more impactful. And every time I watch it, I still cry. Like, come on, Tim, <laughs> Han Solo's dead. So, okay, you, you're telling me that you didn't see him walk onto that platform. Oh, oh okay. By that point, I knew that's oh, probably okay. where we were going. Oh, but, okay. but before that, I, I, I assumed he was going to pull a Han Solo and get out of this thing somehow. Oh, okay. The, the um, moment but, he but as soon as he walked on that platform, platform, I knew. I, I knew it was over. Yeah. I, in fact, I remember specifically, I remember sitting in the theater and he walks onto the platform and I remember just a chill went down my spine. I'm like, oh no, 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 this, no, yeah. this can't be. But even then they still, they still managed to trick me a little bit or they still lured me in because I, they lured me in because I didn't want it to be, right. right? And so like, oh no, no, he's gonna, it's gonna work. He's gonna get it. And, and of course, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, his, his son has gone to the dark side. So, I, um, I, I've just got to say kudos to Adam Driver for that scene mm-hmm. because I think, the emotions that he's able to portray in that scene are amazing because it really, he's not, 
he's I, I don't think he's sad that he's killing his father. That's not what he's crying about necessarily. No, no, not at all. Um, and yet still, uh, the emotion that he expresses still compelled me in that scene to feel bad for him. To, yes, yes. To, uh, to empathize a little bit with him. Uh, well, I think which that's I what makes him such perceive. a great character. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we are, uh, according to my timer at least, five minutes away from 45 minutes. Okay. I want to talk about BB-8. Oh, yes. The, I, I love R2-D2. I have to say I love R2-D2, but I I think is – is it blasphemy if I say that I like BB-8 more? No, I, I, I'd have to agree with that. He is such – like he is such an, an amazing character. They were able – how did they get so much emotion out of a ball? I don't understand. I love him so much. Yeah. You know, and the, the funny thing is when I saw BB-8 in the trailer, I thought, oh, no. Are they? Yeah. Are they yeah, going to try to replace R two D two? You know that I don't. I don't think that's going to work. It just goes to show this is why they don't hire me to do these movies because <laughs> yeah, they did such an amazing job, and the way that they also did his language um, is just excellent. I mean, it's so cute. I, I have that as my text tone. His little, you know, his little beep. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's fun. He, he's awesome. And and. Yeah. What what I think is amazing, and I mean this this was something that they that when when done well they did well with R two D two was a, a character that does not communicate in a language that we understand, and yet somehow we understand what's going on with this character and what what it's feeling and what it's going through. Yeah, I'm I find amazed that fascinating. I, oh, it's absolutely fascinating because a lot of times when you have a character you can't understand, you feel like the dialogue is so forced because the other right. person basically has to say what they said for you, the audience. Right. And somehow, both with R2 and now with BB-8, they've been able in Star Wars to not make it feel forced. Also it, Chewie. It, oh, yeah. Same thing. Chewie was amazing in this movie. Yes. And yes, again, he was. you don't know what he's saying, and yet he – I mean, I feel like he had some of the best quips because my one of my favorite <laughs> scenes is they're you know they're they're um uh they they just captured Ray and Finn from the Millennium Falcon and you know these two gangs are coming in and they're putting Ray and Finn down into you know this like under the grates and uh, and he says you know I'm gonna do what I always do talk you know get myself out of it. <laughs> And, and Chewie says something, and he looks at him, and he's like, yes, yes I, I do. do. <laughs> Every time. Every time. <laughs> that, uh, is, that is so great. It is amazing. I, I love the part where Chewie, like, uh, oh, you must have been very brave. He's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so great. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the writing in this movie, and it's, it's no surprise since the, the same person who wrote uh, The Empire Strikes Back was involved in writing this film because there's some of this, that same sort of stuff going on in The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And that's part of what makes this film so memorable is that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, so overall, I think this is a good place to ask Tim how how do you how did you like this film? How would you rate this film? Oh, I mean, do we even have to do ratings on this? It's like, you know, uh, I I try not to give my five stars cheaply, but I feel like yes. this movie earned it. Um, I I have to I have to say five five stars, no question. I, yeah, absolutely. I completely understand, and I applaud your rating. I, I, if I were giving it a star rating, I've been trying to get away from star ratings. I, I really like Chad Hopkins' idea of thumbs up, thumbs down. So I'm going to say certainly thumbs up. Okay. If I had to assign a star rating to it, I'd be like, man, uh, you know, Empire Strikes Back is five stars for me. 
this is like 4.8999. Like it's, it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> I love this film. I love it so much. That's funny. Great film. Highly recommended. I think we can both say, go watch this film. If you haven't seen it, what's yeah. wrong with you? If you haven't seen this film, it's on, it's on video. It's on Amazon. It's on yeah. Netflix, uh, not Netflix, but, uh, iTunes, like go watch it. Just, just do yourself a favor. It's amazing. I'm sure everybody has. We're, we're talking to nerds here. We've all seen this. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, it's it, like 45 minutes doesn't give you a chance to really go through everything because there's still so much yeah. stuff that I loved about this film. And we haven't even talked about the things we didn't like. Well, you know what? If people want to continue the conversation with us, uh, they can find you at, uh, what is it, Smith Timmy Tim now? Yep. On yep, Twitter. They can find you there on the Twitters, uh, and you can find me at TJ Draper Pro. That is a great place to engage both of us in conversation about this film, which we are belatedly talking about and enjoying every minute of it. So highly recommended. Go out and watch it and find us there. This, is, uh, this concludes our inaugural episode of Retake, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be in the iTunes store shortly. Uh, once the first episode is available, then I'll be able to get it into the iTunes store. And so the next episode, I will ask you for your ratings. But for now, enjoy the show. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Tim, for being here. Thank you. Thank you.